Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of That's What Be Said. I am your host at Breezy Clee, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Meredith Kane at MK on Sports and Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. <sighs> Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that sigh. There was so much in that sigh. There's, was, there's a lot going on. How are you guys it was doing? I'm freezing still. Like I'm shivering here and I don't know if it's because I was like out in the cold today or because I'm drinking a cold brew right now. There's so, everything is making me like shiver or maybe I'm just like mad. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's all of the above, honestly. It's, every, it's a perfect storm. I'm never going to sleep tonight. Cuz I'm oh, the same way. Not. I I shake when I get angry. So yeah. that might be that might be what's going on with you right now, Brittany. There's a lot happening. Oh, we're going to get into it because we're recording on a Sunday night, which we are hot Ooh. off of this Browns loss. And we're feeling spicy, as Brittany said uh, on spicy. Twitter tonight. And I'm feeling a little under the weather. And uh, Meredith has worked a very long day today. So we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns and their 31 to 15 loss to the Ravens, where I think we pretty much watched a catastrophe happen. Um, and it really began, you guys. Two minutes to go in the first half when mm. the Browns were winning 6 nothing, which I think we were all surprised about. And we managed to let the Ravens score a touchdown in 22 seconds, go three and out. There was a really bad third and one play call also that we, we literally got rid of no time on the clock, off the mm. clock. And then the Ravens scored again with a minute left in the game. So mm. the air was pretty much sucked out of, a, out of us. At that moment in time, Brittany, you were at the game. Meredith, you had to watch the entire game. <laughs> I was in a I was in a studio. So um, normally for home games, I do most of my work uh, from the stadium. But we had someone call out sick today, so I was in studio the whole day. So I was in what is essentially a closet, a jail. Uh, yes, <laughs> running <laughs> running radio operations. So that was my day. And I was driving, listening to Jimmy D. So I need to know for Brittany I, that you were at the game. Mm -hmm. What happened? I want to know what happened too, because <laughs> I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna be very honest for a second. So. Uh, I went to the game today and it was cold and <laughs> it was with, actually warmer though. Like, but here's the thing. I was, 50. I was sitting in the shade. There was no uh, sun where I was sitting. Right. So it was okay. like cold. Yeah. Um, so we left when there was two minutes left in the first half. Oh no. Prepare to get attacked after this. No, I, I know. I know. But you know what guys, I'm only, I'm human. Okay. Like I can only take so much. I've been to a lot of these games this year. I was cold. I kind of knew how this one was going to go, even though yeah, there was a part of me that was like, I really kind of think that the Browns might win. There was a bigger part of me that was like, this is not going to end well. So with two minutes left to go in the half. Wait, me, I have a clarifying question, Brittany. Uh huh. Oh no! What? Two minutes left to go in the half, like before they scored a touchdown. <laughs> it was. It was. We were winning six okay, nothing. Okay. 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 Yes, we were winning six nothing when me and Angela left our seats, and then by the time we walked over to Winking Lizard and sat down, it was fourteen to six. And I sat down and looked, and I was like, "What the hell happened? Bad luck." 
How you were the lucky charm, and then you left, and then the Ravens scored twenty-one unanswered points in less than nine minutes. I could not believe this is all your fault. How is how did everything fall apart so quickly? I thought we were leaving, you know, with things under control, and then we sit down, and I'm like, oh yeah, let's see what fourteen to six. What happened? So So I will say this. So before we started recording, I was telling you guys that I'm like jealous. Because uh, you have the luxury of turning off the game if you wanted to, which is essentially what you did. Like, you didn't want to stay at the game because you were cold, so you left. Like, I don't have that luxury. Like, every game, uh, I'm either in studio or at the stadium, and I'm there the entire time, and then some. And there are some days where I was just, and today was one of those days where I was just like, I really wish I could like shut this off and watch Redskins and Giants in overtime or something <laughs> like that's how bad it was. <laughs> like it was just miserable and I was like I really don't want to sit around for the rest of this game, but I have to cuz it's my job and I love my job. There you I go. Do. Yeah, I was listening to the broadcast. So I'm uh, a little jealous that you got to go to Winking Lizard. <laughs> you drown your sorrows. <laughs> I was listening to the broadcast, Jimmy Donovan, because I was drive. We were driving home um, from a trip to Michigan, and I will say that I actually I was probably the most calm listening to the game. Um, I know watching the game in person, I feel like is a little bit easier. Watching the game on the TV is just so infuriating that listen, you can't actually see what's going on. You just have to trust that Jimmy's going to break down everything as it's happening. And I yes. would say like, he is just as frustrated. Yes. <laughs> Even though he says it in a very nice and positive way, which I appreciate, but it sounded like he was just as frustrated with everything that was happening. And I just think the ineptitude of those last two minutes before halftime just shows you how ill prepared Freddie was for this ho- head coaching position. Yes. 100%. Cause I, how you lose something so quickly, I, oh. I don't I'm speechless like I still I still don't know exactly what happened or how it happened like was I, I don't know guys. well here's the thing here well here's my answers. here's my opinion one you win the toss and you elect to receive right so you're all fired up to get the ball on offense and I think we went three and out to start mm-hmm. the game so yay way to kick off with a with a bang right <laughs> yeah and then you know that the Ravens are going to get the ball at halftime out of halftime and you're winning 6 nothing, and there's two minutes left to go, you don't run the ball once. And it, it, it's like we are a running team first, and I understand that the run wasn't really working the way that we had anticipated it working. They were doing mm-hmm. a – the Ravens did a good job of kind of shutting Nick Chubb down in that first half. Yeah. But just eat some clock up. You don't even have to run, you know, for 10 yards and get a first down, but it takes time off the clock. Baltimore didn't have any timeouts to stop – the Browns from doing that so that's another key point there of just really losing a coaching battle and then the Ravens do the impossible and score twice going into halftime and then get the ball back so it just felt like that moment in time that was almost backbreaking to the point Mm -hmm. of I didn't expect us to come back from that yeah I mean you you can't (laughs) the Browns can't that's why I should clarify the Browns can't when and you know what if you're gonna score that fast I give all the kudos in the world to you like good for you man (laughs) you did it we can't do that I feel like the Browns have just been giving so much false hope every week in every game because their opening drives are always so strong 
And I mean, their opening drive today wasn't strong because they didn't score, but they they were on the board first. Mm -hmm. But how many games have they come out really, really strong, looking like the team we expected them to look like, and then either fall apart in a loss or fall apart and win despite of everything? Every week, like first five, ten minutes of the game is lots of excitement and lots of happiness. And then it just unravels so fast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, guys, I couldn't find my mute button, so you can edit that part out. I was like, I couldn't, get, I couldn't click it fast enough. We, we could edit that part Oh, out. shit. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll leave it in because it's kind of funny. <laughs> I was trying to stifle my sniffing and my coughing. Oh, man. The ineptitude of We should of always host. record on Sunday nights, <laughs> This is going so well. Feeling a little frisky. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to get to... The frisky part of the podcast later. Yeah, we are. Oh my goodness! Wait, we so let to... me let me ask you a question, you yeah. guys. Um, okay, so my friend texted me and he asked if it's better or worse to watch them lose in person. What do you guys think about that? Ugh. Is it better or worse when you're there? I think it depends. So for <laughs> me, it, well, it's hard because I've never been to a Browns game as a fan. But just in terms of going to games in general, um, I almost like being there a lot of times because you're with friends and it's like a social situation Mm -hmm. and you can have alcohol to soothe your pain. Whereas if I'm at home and I'm watching my team lose, I just turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst part about watching it in person is funneling out of the stadium after a loss. It's such a sad walk. It's such a sad walk. You are barely moving. You're with a bunch of other people that are also really angry and mad. Most people are drunk at that point in time. I mean, it is yeah. it is so it's like the walk of shame times like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I'm just gonna go. Oh I'm, my god, especially uh, if you're uh, at an away game. Like if you're if if you're like in like maybe Pittsburgh as a Browns fan and the Browns lose and you have to walk out of Heinz Field like in your Browns gear like like head down or something I don't oh, know yeah like, I think I've never had to part. do that I've never done that <laughs> but, but I, I think, think it's better actually like to, to if they lose when you're there because if I'm at home watching the game or if I'm like out you know somewhere that's not at the at the stadium I feel like I get more angry when I'm alone you know, and also like like Meredith said, it's just when you're there, like as a collective group, it feels like you're all kind of family, right? Like you meet all kinds of cool people there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You you know, it all just feels like, I don't know, like we're one big family. So we win together. It's fun. And when we lose together, it's like, all right, let me, you know, walk around with these drunk people and listen <laughs> to their fun conversations. Yeah. That's my favorite part. That is true. People you can commiserate together. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, so we we definitely are the most, I would say, we're going to get into this, about how after the loss, <laughs> Brittany and I were attacked on Twitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> by Ravens fans who I have never even heard of before, but they were finding tweets from months ago and bringing them back up again. And I was not expecting that at all. And I logged onto Twitter because Twitter is a miserable place after a Browns game. And it's miserable amongst our own selves, like let alone when you bring in other fans. And I just have to say, 
to all of you Ravens fans that are not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, if they're searching your tweets, <laughs> I have a few listening. Ravens followers. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask if they followed you or I are they literally just going through Twitter and just the, searching yeah, no, Browns the re- tweets? The reason they follow me is because I love Lamar so much. So like okay. I'm always praising him and they like that about me. But Ooh. I do have a lot mm. of trolls. Um, and this has been going on for about a month now so today i was unlike brie like i was totally expecting this i was totally expecting them to bring up that one specific tweet where it's me and you know i'm dressed in the nobody safe t-shirts oh i saw um, the picture i love yeah, it and oh, it, it looks says so good. you know i'm having so much fun at the preseason game i wonder how much fun it's gonna be when they make it to the super bowl not saying that they're going to make the Super Bowl this year specifically. I just said, you know, fun for a preseason game. So anyway, about a month ago, they, for some reason, got a hold of this, like Ugh. all of Ravens fans, and they just started blasting me for it. Yeah, so, so today the, I was expecting it. The one of me was, I tweeted about a month, like almost exactly a month ago, I hope the Browns beat the breaks off the Ravens. And by the way, I spelled breaks wrong, which I'm not proud of. <laughs> I will admit my mistake. We've <laughs> all been there. I was I've like that angrily <laughs> tweeting, you know, Twitter. and then you're like, shoot, no edit button. I can't go back now. <laughs> Twitter doesn't have an edit button, <laughs> so you're forgiven. <laughs> so might I remind you too, like I tweeted that before we lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers four string quarterbacks. Like I was on my shit at that point in time. Like I can come back and say, like, I'm not going to apologize for my Browns fandom, but also like we troll ourselves harder than anyone else trolls us. So lay off us. Okay. I had Browns fans trolling me today because I said, I thought they were going to win. Oh, shame on you guys. I They were being like legit mean. They're like, oh, you, this didn't age well. Ha ha ha. Like, shut up. We're all on the same team, idiots. <laughs> why, why are you not rooting for a win? Also, I just want to give a shout out to myself today because. Of course. <laughs> yes. One of the Ravens fans said something about, I don't even remember, but I called him an ungrateful boob which i think is just a great insult and i it's not you i like calling people boobs and nincompoop that's my favorite thing to say because it's not you know i don't really like to insult people per se yeah so saying things like that really i think that's a that's a good way to do it really boobs get some and nincompoops. it's like the old like looney tunes where bugs bunny was like what a maroon yes <laughs> it reminds me maroon <laughs> Oh, well, you know who else is angry today outside of Ravens fans that are mad at us? We also can. I just have one more point to make about that, though. Mm-hmm. They're 13 and two and they're mad at us. Like they still right. like, are going back in time like, to be guys, like to be angry. But like, come on. Like you have a lot to be thankful for. So <laughs> shut up. Leave us alone in our misery. <laughs> yes. Let yeah, me be. Not, yeah. It's not. A, not only did they get uh, an underrated quarterback. And who has just absolutely flourished. They had a coach and a front office that managed to build a proper offense around him, which allowed him to flourish. So, you you know, that's like that's such an amazing thing. And I think that Baltimore fans almost take that kind of thing for granted because Joe Flacco was so good for so long. And now all of a sudden they've got this brand new kid coming up and he's in his second year and he was like the last person taken in the first round of the draft he was the last quarterback taken and john uh, John harbaugh has just figured him out and found a way to put him in a great situation like every time he touches the ball and ravens fans are spoiled well yeah and another thing that we have to talk about real quick um browns fans that are like 
oh, I can't, the Browns passed on Lamar Jackson. You guys need to stop that because it, Lamar Jackson would literally be dead if he <laughs> came to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. They would have done nothing to help him. They just would have thrown him out there and be like, all right, you're a quarterback now. And he would have the same coaches as Baker. Same, like everything would have been the same except Lamar would have been there instead of Baker and he'd be getting murdered. So no, as much as I love Lamar, that never would have worked. So we need to squash that now. That's ungrateful awesome. boobs. You ungrateful, ungrateful boobs. boobs. So true. <laughs> Plus, if I were a Ravens fan right now, I would have been mad at my coaches for leaving Lamar in at that moment in time. Plus, Mark Ingram gets injured with the – was it a hamstring? I mean, like, you guys have bigger things to worry about. Not us yeah. measly yeah. Browns fans over here. Let us be. Yeah, leave us alone. We've been through enough. Well, you know, the one thing that did get clipped and pretty much been playing on Twitter all night long is OBJ – Mm-hmm. yelling at freddie it's like every single week there's another clip of someone yelling at freddie and yes. uh he gets us although to be fair here i have to say that there are reports out there that obj was yelling about the refs to freddie um from getting held but still you know after a week of seeing jarvis landry do the same thing you see another clip this week from obj and i just have to say i i'm sure freddie's a fine person but he sucks as a head coach <laughs> We are spicy tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and also, like, and I, I, I don't like to use the Bill Belichick comparison, but, but I will. So if something happened to say, I don't know, Julian Edelman or something like that, if he got mad at something about a ref, he's not going to scream at Bill Belichick on the sidelines the way that OBJ screamed at Freddie on the sidelines today. Like, I think that that is really, really telling you know, because like if I get mad about something at work, I'm not going to yell and scream at my boss because I have way too much respect for him to ever do that. Like I'll go to him and say, hey, X, Y, Z is wrong. Can we figure it out? Can we fix it? And you've got OBJ instead of showing any kind of respect for Freddie, he's going up and yelling and screaming at him. And we don't know right. if it's at him or to him. Well, I saw um, Hayden, Hayden Grove. He pointed out, it said, if you read OBJ's lips, it looks like he says, it's because of him. Did you guys see that? Yes. I don't know who him is. Can we speculate who him is? Is him a ref? Is him Baker? Ooh. Is oh. him? I don't know. Start, you're like Mary Carey now. You're trying to cause some internal <laughs> drama. Jeez. <laughs> Listen, people keep telling me to take her job. So here I am, guys. Here we are doing our best. Hang on. Let me I go. Have, let me I go get arrived. my tinfoil. Let me go get my tinfoil hat over here because we're <laughs> we're pulling out the conspiracy theories. I love conspiracy theories, guys. Oh I, God, me too. So I just love I them so much. We got to dig deep and find out who OBJ was talking about. Who Someone needs him? to ask that question at the press conference this week. I hope it's her. i think you just did her job for her so there you go (laughs) i mean freddie should be at the podium tomorrow although i think he was asked today in his post-game press conference and i think obj was asked about it too and they both kind of gave the same oh it's between us answer so we can ask it i just i can't see either of them actually answering it so Yeah. yeah, that's not happening. They're not going to yeah. talk about it. But Probably no. I did see, actually, a Browns person also yelled at me on Twitter today, and <laughs> it was me being mad at Freddie for the just his poor clock management. And, you know, there's a lot going on there of differing opinions of, we've all talked about the whole fire Freddie thing too, but then the whole there's the whole thing of, okay, if you get a new head coach, you have to start over again. Mm-hmm. So it just leads me to ask the question, at this point, who is more valuable? 
Is it bringing him back, which, you know, reports have already been out there that he's coming back next year and he's safe? Mm-hmm. Or is are, are our players more precious at this moment in time? To me, it's the players. However, I do think they're – I still – 100% believe they're going to bring Freddie back. Like, I, I, when people ask me, like, okay, who would you want to have as a head coach? Um, I can't even answer that because I haven't even let myself think about it. Cause here's my thing I get so attached to like an idea that, like, when that idea doesn't become reality, then I get crushed. So I'm not doing it anymore, guys. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just going to say, okay, Freddie's the coach. He's going to be the coach next year because I don't think John Dorsey and you know the Haslam's are ready to give up on him. I don't think they're ready to admit that they made a mistake hiring him. He's going to be around. So to me, it's the players, also, but I believe they're going to keep him. Well, and you also have to look at who's available. So Ron Rivera is available. Mike McCarthy is available. And then you also don't know if they want to recruit at the college level. Like I know last year, Lincoln Riley's name was thrown out around a bunch, um, you know, the Cardinals took Cliff Kingsbury out of Texas Tech, although he was fired anyway. But you just don't know where they're looking a lot of times. Like, I I was hearing rumors for a while of, like, P.J. Fleck leaving Minnesota to go to the NFL. And I think those rumors have gotten squashed. But I think that's sort of the hard part when you look at who the next head coach could be. Because you can look at who is already available on the market, but... The people in the front office for every NFL team know so much more than we do, and they know a lot more of what's available and what's not available. So it's really difficult to say because we can say like, okay, this is who this is a short list of people that we know don't have jobs and want them like Jason Garrett might be available soon. We don't know. But then you also don't know where else you know, the front office is looking like who in a million years thought that John Gruden would be pulled from the broadcast booth and put back on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, the head coaching thing is, it's a really, it's a really difficult thing to speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, like out of the ones that they've, you know, talked about and like the rumors and stuff and, you know, names that fans have thrown out there. Honestly, there's nobody that I'm like super excited about. So, you know, to me, I don't know, guys. I just I'm not looking at that yet. Yeah, I just think with Baker being his sophomore year and this is really the time that we need to mold him into the player that he's going to become. And if he is our franchise quarterback, then I think that's the thing that you have to think about. He was your first round pick. Um, You're obviously going to have to sign him into a contract in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But I think with the investment there, you really need to see him grow and as of right now, this season, he hasn't progressed yeah. in the way that I think we expected him to. And sure. I think he needs someone, a coach or a better staff around him to help grow him to the player that we that we need him to be. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, that was kind of sad to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pivot and go back to our positivity here because there were some bright spots of the season. And I know we have one more game left. But I just want to touch on a couple of players here that had really great seasons or maybe were a little surprising and, and weren't expected to have the seasons that they had. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start here with Mac Wilson. Oh. I know, right? Just, he made me cry today. He did. And he wasn't expected to really have this much playing time as a rookie. Uh, no. But, you know, with Kirk, when Kirksey went out at the beginning of the year, he really stepped up. And he's he's been a player that has consistently showed signs of improvement game after game. And, Brady, you want to talk about his tweet today that I think maybe brought a tear to your eye? It did. So we were on our way home today, 
and I I came across this. I'm not going to get into the whole story because I don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> but I came across this tweet. Let me read it for you guys. <clears throat> Mac Wilson tweeted after the game. He said, sorry we couldn't get it done for you guys that was rooting for us through the bad and the good. We got one more game to finish. Just want to say I appreciate all of the fans from the bottom of my heart. Love, Cleveland. <laughs> Mac. He's the best. He's precious. He's going to be in my Christmas After every next year. <laughs> he does. You need to add For him. sure. <laughs> After every game, win or lose, he always has something positive and encouraging to say. And I he know. also just lifts his teammates up around him, which I also love. Yes, Mac. Okay, Mac needs to come on the podcast because clearly his positivity is on brand with what we try to put out. So, hundred percent. Don't happen. worry, I'll start blowing up his DMs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's my strategy your, for people. <laughs> didn't he comment on that um, your picture that you talked about earlier in this yeah. episode? Yeah. yeah, because that was the nobody safe T-shirt. So he like yeah. retweeted it. Yeah, love. So All right, you got we're the basically best friends, and I'm gonna have him on the show. Be our second guest on That's What B Said. That's right, Mac. Okay. Well, the second player I'd like to highlight is Scottish Hammer. And we all know how great he's played all year as a rookie, another rookie on this list. Mm-hmm. And today, guys, he showed up in a kilt. And I mean, that puts him on oh this my God, list. He looks like, so good. It just, he looks so good. <laughs> Mary <laughs> looks so good. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long day, guys, okay? Whoa. It's been a really long day. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's interesting, but like I don't I don't think that I'd say, oh my god, it looks so good. <laughs> I mean the hair alone, I'm just jealous of his hair, but Meredith, if you got with Jamie Gillen, you guys would make really great haired kids. Yes. Super curly. <laughs> They would have the curly, those poor children would have the curly, like, <laughs> let me tell you, from a lifelong curly haired, like, it took me into, like, my late 20s to figure out how to actually do curly hair, so, I don't know. Well, you guys Goodness. could have a kid that would be, like, Pantene Pro V commercial set for life. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I'm going to exit oh the pod God. now, bye. <laughs> it was nice that. knowing you. <laughs> You guys are on your own to edit this. Bye. <laughs> Please, no. We will die. <laughs> All right. I ruined this this segment of the show. <laughs> we've got two. We've got two more players to highlight. Maybe some more that I left off. You guys tell me. But I had Jarvis. No, I think we're good. <laughs> I had Jarvis. <laughs> just two. I had Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb um, uh-huh. on here just based on their leadership that they've shown, just their play on the field. This year, um, I mean, those, those two guys go out every single week, win or lose, and really just show a lot of heart and leave it all out on the field. And I think that's something that we can look forward to as we head into the next season. Absolutely. And I think Jarvis was just nominated for Man of the Year, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Absolutely. How about that? Man of the Year. Well deserved. I hope he wins. I Me truly, too. genuinely hope he wins. And not just because he's a Brown. Like, even if he was still in Miami, like, I'd want him to win. Yeah, he just seems like such a good guy. I love him. Yeah, so love Jarvis. I say all of that, though, to say that next year, I'm already coining it revenge season. 
I love it. Oh, here we go. Here we go with the hype already, guys. We're not even done, and we're like, oh, we can never have expectations again. And then Bree's like, revenge season. Well, and that's the hard part is that coming to you. You're looking to next season, and this one isn't even over yet. I know the Bengals next. Why do we do this? God, Brittany, you sold me out. You're so right. (laughs) We never learn anything. I'll be right there with you, though, Brie. I already know it. Well, I was smiling leaving the game today. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> they were also in the lead at the point that you left the game True. to go, probably to go get cheaper alcohol, right? Uh, no, actually, I just had water and a salad. Oh, good for you. I, yeah, I had to drive home to Youngstown uh, to record this podcast tonight. So you're welcome, everyone. Uh, well, we appreciate you being responsible and being healthy and setting a good example. There you go. Wow, no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> oh, well, well, I mean it. It's genuine. I promise I wasn't being facetious. I truly meant it. <laughs> Salad and water. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> you are responsible and healthy. And, and a good role and model. a good role model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I wasn't just saying that. Jim Nance also said that. So yes. Jim Nance started this, okay? <laughs> yeah, Jim was on. He was on our broadcast this morning, and he was saying that he thinks that next year really is going to be the year for the Browns that we expected this year. And he kind of talked about this rebuilding process, and I think he – sort of insinuated that we're still in that rebuilding process because there's a lot of first year things happening like Freddie Kitchens is obviously new Todd Munkin is new Steve Wilkes is new uh you know even though it's Baker's second year technically he wasn't the starter at the beginning of last season it was Tyrod so you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things and you know it's new offense new just everything is new and everything is kind of like this year one thing uh and so I think that's kind of what he was insinuating that is because it's this year one feel to it. Next year is really going to be the year where things gel. And then he also mentioned that there aren't going to be expectations and hype going into next season just because of how rough this season was. He pointed out a lot of the uh, injuries that happened on the defensive side early on in the season. And then the fact that Miles Garrett was suspended. So uh, hopefully if Miles comes back and the defense comes back healthy, it's going to be a completely different team and a completely different season. So yeah, I concur, Jim. I like it. I mean, we love. You know what? I I'm gonna I'm gonna be back on my bullshit, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll be back next week. What am I talking about? That's true. Be like, let's finish this strong, guys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're probably gonna be back on your bullshit by like Christmas. You're gonna be like, all right, guys, ready for Cincinnati, <laughs> guys. Let's, let's so beat I, those Bengals. I do have a funny story about this. So we were we were out of town this weekend celebrating Christmas with my in laws and. My husband was gifted the shirt that says Odell and Baker and Jarvis playoffs. And I was like, oh, <gasps> like oh. we got to save this for next year. Oh, yeah. You've got, oh. yeah, you've got to like put that in the drawer. But like, that hurt. Save. That hurt. I was like, are you, I was like, is your family trolling us right now? They, well, is his, are his family, are they all Michigan fans? Because if that's the case, they might be. Yeah, but they're like, they don't have an NFL attachment. I think they like legit got the shirt thinking that like the Browns still had a shot. And I guess did, as of this morning, we did have a 0.5% chance. Did they buy 0.5. the shirt in August? <laughs> they might have. <laughs> or they got it on sale at like Gabriel yeah. Brothers. Oh my God. Oh, this shirt's $3 and it's in his size. Let's get it. That actually sounds more legit. That happened for sure. 
<laughs> it's like that time I oh my gosh I think I texted you about this Brittany I can't remember I can't remember if I texted or tweeted you but it was like three or four months ago and I saw Deshaun Kaiser shirts at TJ Maxx they were like four dollars and I wanted to get you one but they were all like triple XL so man you should have I, give me a sleep shirt I know I should have I failed I'm sorry yeah, That's I think right. I, I, think... I have I have a Deshaun jersey, and actually Shirtsy. it was because I got it for Christmas last year because my friend found it at I don't know Burlington or something there for like go. four dollars. <laughs> so I go. do have one. I didn't get one when he was on the team though. Are there any, I knew. Uh, Are there any four dollar Tyrod Taylor jerseys out there? There might be. I think so. there's they some Johnny make, Manziel ones. Did they ever around. make his? Oh yeah, Manziel's like, like everywhere. Ninety nine cents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I met a guy today that was wearing a Peyton Hillis jersey. What? I was like, sir. And that's what I said to him, too. I was like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. Oh, wow. This is a great episode, guys. <laughs> Everyone's going to think we're drunk. I, think, I we'll. know. We're, I think we're just, like, overly exhausted because, Bree, you just got back from Michigan. Brittany, you drove to Cleveland went to the game, then drove back to Youngstown, and I'm coming off a 12-hour workday. So, I mean, we're yeah. all just like, we are slap happy right we now. We got some good questions, though. We just got another good one, guys. Yeah, oh, okay, so wow. we're going to get into okay. those. We're going to get into yeah. those. I have to, um, we did our 12 days of Brownsmith, a little a little tease last episode, and I have to say, there were three people on Twitter that submitted full 12 days, and yes. we came up with our own as well. So we had to put it out on Twitter and do a poll for this. I'm just going to quickly read where we landed from the polls and give a shout out to our three gentlemen that participated. Thank you, Mark at Mark Mantia for Josh at Van Bibber underscore Josh and Michael at Diet Mike Wit Lime. Love that handle, by the way. <laughs> That's a great handle. That's a great handle. My goodness. That's awesome. So they participated. Thank you guys for that. You guys came up with some great ones. And uh, I'm going to read out where we landed unless you guys would like me to sing. Oh, I, I oh would my God. love if for you to sing. Yeah, if you're willing to sing. Uh, nobody wants to hear that. The floor is yours. On the first day of... Okay. <clears throat> Let me start over. <laughs> no, just do that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do this seriously without laughing. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, I'm going to read it. The 2019 Browns gave to me a first year head coach, Freddie. Woo. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. On the second day of Christmas, the Browns gave to me two running backs. And a head coach named Freddie. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I can't not. On the sixth day of Christmas, the brown. No, I, have to, I can't. I have to start over now. I think I have to just say the six. Okay. I was just going into the six. Okay. Six first half rushes. Seven Baker stashes. Eight seconds versus Pittsburgh. Nine deflating losses. <laughs> Ten losing season. <laughs> Eleven missed tackles. Twelve mental breakdowns. Five calm get knees. <laughs> Four legal shifts, three ladies podcasting, two running backs, and a first coach named Freddie. <laughs> oh, that's this, uh, that I'm sorry, beautiful. everyone. Beautiful. beautiful. We need to get Hayden. So fun. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, he's got like he's got the silkiest voice. It's great. I know. We, it's very Buble-ish. So it'll be, I think it'll, because he did release a Christmas album. So I think mm -hmm. next year he's going to, I'm, I'm going to convince him that he's going to release a second Christmas album and it's going to have the 12 days of Brownsmiths on it. Yes, please. Yeah. I mean, how great were those submissions though? 
they were quality they were high quality loved it the only thing i was disappointed about that didn't get voted in and i believe deserves a place on this list is the shovel passes and i think that it was yeah yeah that was my one contribution here you guys didn't vote for it i think you could sub it into anything from like six onward i mean it it at this point, I, I forget when you said, Brittany, I think I, I think my response to the shovel passes, it was either the illegal shifts or the shovel passes. I just said there wasn't enough days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no I think that was the, just passes. penalties in general. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, oh, man, you know what I thought I just thought about? And it, it came up today because of the cute play at third and one um, cute plays like 12 cute plays. Oh, yes. so true. <laughs> Too many of them. Yeah, so but you true. know what? The mental breakdowns is a good one, I think. Yeah, yeah. to end yeah. it, 12 mental breakdowns, correct. Yeah. So yeah. thank yeah. you again to Mark, Josh, and Michael for your submissions. And I think we're going to get into some questions. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, it's our first uh, Q&A and or AMA, whatever you want to call it. It's the first one of the po- of the podcast. Ooh. It's exciting. We got right. a lot of them. We, we have a lot of them. A ton of them. All right, so I'm going to kick off. I'll kick off first, and then you guys can jump in and ask them as well. Yep. So we have one here from, I'm going to butcher this name. Um, this is from at Alex Wisniewski. <laughs> so that looks about right. Wisne- okay. maybe I'm sorry, Wis- Alex. Maybe it's Wisneski. Wisneski? Maybe. It sounds better, Meredith. Thank you. Wisneski? I try. He asks, would you take Urban as your head coach? I already know Brittany's answer, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> I wouldn't take her. I mean, like, if I had to, I guess I wouldn't have a choice. But, like, if I were calling the shots, hell no, I wouldn't. No, 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 no. And it's not because I, he's a good coach. He is a good coach. But if you, everywhere that he goes, controversy follows, and we have enough. I want someone boring and good. (laughs) Just give me some boring old guy. That's it. That's all I want. Also, we can point out um, Nick Saban and Steve Spurrier and their NFL stints and what it looks like when a college coach goes from college to the NFL. Steve Spurrier is a national treasure. He he is, but he did not do all that well with the with the washington redskins so click clack you guys remember that yes <laughs> click clack click clack coach <laughs> but it just you know just trying to use concrete examples of the college coach going to the nfl and you know cliff kingsbury is still in his first year and he's so far unproven but uh, i feel like urban would be more of a pete carroll kind of guy probably yeah yeah that's but still i don't want him what about <laughs> you Bree? do you want him i'd take him yeah i'd take him in a heartbeat I think he has a really good way of getting his players motivated to play for him and bought in into the system. And yeah, he's definitely made some poor uh, decisions in his past, especially this last one was was a huge, um, huge mistake. So I don't like that about him. But yeah, I do think that he's able to kind of get his players to play really well and hard for him. Don't worry, he's gonna come to Notre Dame and ruin my life. So you guys don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and then we can troll you on Twitter. <laughs> my life's getting ruined either way. So <laughs> All right. Next question from at Dale621. What one play or one decision will be your lasting memory of Freddie? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, it is a good question. I haven't even thought about this. There's so many. Just one? I think honestly, <sighs> for me, it's probably just like his Freddyisms. Like I, I dropped this one in the pod last week, but the you know, if you don't 
have the parachute don't jump out of the plane and he had so many of those because like how many times have we quoted you know if you don't wear brown and orange you don't matter yeah so i just think that the uh, the freddy isms um oh whoopty hell it's like whoopty hell <laughs> like how many times have we said whoopty hell because of freddy kitchens so that's going to be for me personally those are going to be my memories of freddy yeah yeah i'm going to be a prisoner of the moment here and just say that just his poor clock management and time management and this is another freddyism he has been quoted in multiple press conferences saying that there are one or two plays that you go back on that either helps you win or lose the game and i would say that his coaching or lack thereof would have been the main factor in this browns loss today and i hope he takes full accountability for that mr freddy yeah fred i know you're a listener of this podcast <laughs> Smart. <laughs> um, I'd say my answer is the Pittsburgh started it. Sure, that's the lasting image of Freddie Kitchens. That's Ugh. it. Yeah. When I close my eyes at night, I see that. I just. Ugh. I'm so sorry. I'm no, just, I don't. I was gonna say, I'm just so sorry that you see Freddie when you close your eyes at night. My goodness. <laughs> I need a boyfriend. <laughs> oh god. Um. All right. Let's see. Which one do I want to ask? <laughs> We're going to go. I liked this one. This one was a good one. This is from at Kenny137. Um, his name's Adam. He said, with the decade coming to a close, what's your favorite and least favorite Browns moments of the decade? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a great one. <sighs> yeah. Your favorite and least favorite. Yeah, I thought about this one. So I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So my favorite moment, honestly... And maybe it didn't turn out as well as I thought it would, but when they traded for OBJ, I mean, like, I genuinely felt in that moment that we had just, like, won the Super Bowl. Like, I was, I can't remember another time that I was ever that excited for anything that the Browns have done. So that was probably my favorite moment of the decade. And let's see, my least favorite, oh, this one's easy. Uh, The last game of the 2017 season. (laughs) When Deshaun Kaiser threw it to Corey Coleman and he dropped it. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I'll never get over it. And then that was it. That was, you knew, at that point, it was just like, okay, everything leading up to that was like, there's still a chance that they could win one game this year, right? There's still a chance. And that was just it. And I felt, I felt really nothing because I was so let down by everything that happened that year. But that was the worst. That was like the rock bottom for me. Yeah, there's so many least favorite moments, but I'm going to start there with my blind love for Johnny Manziel. That's your least favorite moment or your favorite? No, that's my least favorite. Okay. Like, okay. I, what, what was I doing? Like, I was so bad. Did you have, in. like, Money Manziel merchandise? You bet I did. Oh, God. <laughs> I had, like, the elf, like, doing the finger thing. It's so oh, embarrassing. No. Oh, God. Oh, and oh, then... Goodness. I think my favorite moment was it had to be last year when Baker took over against the Jets because that was just the epitome of just having hope back again for the Browns. Oh, that hurts me because my favorite and I'm going to be a little more recent just because I've only been living in Cleveland for about three years, although I've been following the Browns for longer because my dad's from this area and a fan of the Browns. But uh, definitely a favorite moment for me was when the Browns signed Tyrod Taylor. And that's just because I am so biased it towards Tyrod and just so stupidly over the moon for him because he went to Virginia Tech and had massive amounts of success there he was a classmate of mine so 
when he came to Cleveland, I got really excited because to me, it was like the first time since we graduated that I've been able to cheer for him as an NFL player because he was with the Ravens and then with the Bills. And I'm not going to cheer for either of those teams. So I was just I was so over the moon when Tyrod came to Cleveland. And yeah, that that Thursday night game was that was a rough one for me. I mean, the postgame presser between um, Jarvis and Baker was like super sweet because uh, Jarvis gave Baker a bless him shirt. And I guess he was saving it for a Sunday win, and the the win happened on a Thursday. And I have the video somewhere. I tweeted it out. Um, so if you want to like really go through my tweets from a, over a year ago, you know Jarvis is holding the shirt, says uh, you know it it doesn't have to be Sunday, and gives it to Baker, and then they hug, and it was a really sweet moment. So Aww. that was that was fun, and it was a fun one to witness. But yeah, Tyrod was definitely a good moment. And then least favorite moment was every minute of my life that I cannot get back. Uh, from all those Hugh Jackson press conferences. <laughs> Gotta watch the tape. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, God. I'm driving oh the bus. God. I'm driving the bus. <laughs> Actually, my favorite moment might have been when he got fired. Yeah, there you go. That was, that was, that might have been it. Although, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? It ru- I got, ru- it got ruined real quick because I, like, I obviously was in love with Todd Haley. So, like, obviously, you know, my, my goodness, <laughs> obviously, good lord, come on, man. Um, but once you got fired, I was like, okay, Todd Haley's taking over. This is awesome, perfect for me. And then, like, ten minutes later, he and I'm like, oh man, such a roller coaster. <laughs> Always. Yeah. All right, we got another good one here from at Browns twenty two. What are the top five positions you target in free agency in the draft? Offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that has oh, to just be. Yeah. all of it. <laughs> just, yeah, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And then I think you also have to evaluate your defense to see who's coming back, who's not. Yeah. We don't know if Miles is coming back or not. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also don't know, you know, what Kirksey's status is going to be. We don't know what Olivier Vernon's status is going to be. So I think yeah. um, defense is a possibility, but I think that just depends on what we have coming back into next year but i mean the obvious answer to that one is very clearly offensive line yeah 100 percent. we need like i I don't want to we need to find someone to replace greg robinson like seriously yeah i mean i that's probably the most important and then i think like you mentioned there's some key defensive holes that i think we need to fill linebacker position is a big question mark because I don't know if we're going to sign Joe Schobert, you guys. Like, I, I really th- have this feeling that... I don't think they are. We're not going to re-sign him. And then you have Kirksey again, who has been injured. And I don't I don't know if he'll be back. I think David Njoku is on the chopping block. Yes. I think there's going to be some pretty big holes to fill. And we could be rebuilding again. But the number one priority has got to be that O-line. Absolutely. Um, so I really liked this question a lot from at CP underscore Petiti. Petiti? I don't know how to pronounce that. Like some of these Twitter handles, man. I know. Um, they're great. <laughs> uh, Jason Garrett or Freddie Kitchens, whose seat is hotter? And the reason I like this question is because I think they're hot for different reasons. So Freddie has had way more off the field uh, blunders than Jason Garrett has. However... Jerry Jones, when he talks about Jason Garrett, he's going to make a great coach in the NFL next year, which is not <laughs> a great, uh, not great for Jason Garrett, whereas the Haslam's and Dorsey have come out so far in full support of Freddie Kitchens. There hasn't been any murmurings of them wanting to get rid of him or them not supporting him. So I think that 
I want to say they're equally hot because, you know, Jerry Jones has not been supportive of, supportive of Jason Garrett. But the worst thing that Garrett has done this year is lose. Whereas Freddie Kitchens, you know, has said some things. He gets yelled at by his players. He wears T-shirts. But so far, he's got support from the front office. So that I just I really like that question because of how difficult it is. Yeah, I'd say definitely um, Garrett. Also because Jerry Jones is like an insane person. <laughs> so <laughs> anytime you're dealing with insane people, like your job's always on the line, I think. So yes. yeah, def- and I again, I will repeat myself. I don't think Freddie Kitchens, I think we need to get used to Freddie Kitchens being here. At least for the time being. Yes. Into next year, absolutely. Bree, what about you? I think Garrett too. It feels like his, it feels like his... <laughs> It's, it's already been written for him. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next question. I like this one, so I'm going to read this one. This is for me and you, Bree, because we live far away. It says, you and Bree went to a lot of games this year. With everything that happened, is it a matter of rallying, talking yourself back into it for next year, or did the Browns and the experience make you maybe wonder if you'll go to as many games? In essence... Was it worth it? And that's from our friend Pete Smith. Friend of the show. Pete Smith. What a great question. Well, yes. Pete, since I've already coined next season as revenge season. <laughs> I... <laughs> because Bree never learned. <laughs> Bree is my, back just, on her bullshit. Hey, Haslam, just take my money. I'm, I'm all in. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was talking to my husband about it actually today about renewing our season tickets because we were first year season ticket holders um, this year. So... We were expecting, obviously, a lot better of a season this year and hopefully a playoff run. But we had a great time, regardless of the wins or losses. And Mm -hmm. we'll be back next year because we had so much fun. It's a great experience. Like you were saying earlier, Brittany, you get to just build up these like this family around you and meet a bunch of new people. And I truly think that next year could be better. Now, I think with the whole Freddie Kitchens things, if he's back next year, uh, that'll be an interesting one. But yeah. Um, I don't feel like I wasted a ton of money. Um, yeah, it was a letdown, but um, I'm I'm back in. Absolutely, I'm with you 100. percent And here's I'd like to explain this to people because I don't think they know. Um, a lot of people think that I either have season tickets or like I spend a whole bunch of money on tickets every year. I haven't bought a ticket for anything in probably years. So like I'm when people have like extra tickets or they have tickets that they can't use. Like, I'm, like, the dumpster for that. Because, <laughs> like, I'm a poor person. And I think a lot of people kind of respect that. And they're like, oh, this poor little peasant girl. She's a fan, but she can't <laughs> afford to go to games. So let me dump my tickets on. And I'm so thankful and grateful for these people who do this. But, um, so, yeah, it doesn't... I go because, you know, as a poor person, you never pass up free anything. Like, you just, you can't, Right. Yeah, maybe so next year we'll have that. press passes, you know? Yeah, I will be there next year as many games as I can possibly go to. Because I have learned nothing, guys. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. <laughs> That's it. Um, do you think we should do one more Browns one before? Because we got some non-sports and some non-Browns questions that I really oh, like. Oh, yeah, we have some funny ones uh, here. But there is one more Browns question that I think we have to get to. Uh, before we get to some of the non-Browns ones. Uh, this one is from at Browns Baker. Um, this Browns loss has me feeling some type of way. Should I get hammered and call my ex-wife? 
Yes. <laughs> Don't think about it. Just do it. Actually, instead of calling her, I would text her. Browns Baker. Um, so I think that you well, you should get hammered because why not? It's Sunday night, it's Christmas week, and that was a really, really tough loss. Mm-hmm. So just get really hammered and see where the bender takes you. There you go. I'm all for that. What what say you, Brie? Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> you already nothing left to lose. You now. already <laughs> tweeted the question, so it's already like uh, yeah, he you're already like eighty percent there. Yeah, he already, yeah, he definitely wants to. I think he was just looking reinforcement for that, like, that extra little push. So uh, at Browns Baker, go ahead, let go us know. It. Yeah, do a follow up. Yes, tweet at us and let us know how it goes and let us know yes, what happens. Please. Okay, so we're gonna move into some non Browns related ones. We do have some doozies here. So <laughs> I've got a great one, Brittany, for you. Um, yeah, they're comes... all terrible. <laughs> Just to be clear. This one comes from at Rick George Live. Has your dad ruined you ever meeting Mr. Ray because he is cooler than his daughter? My God. This I first of all Shout out how Jerry dare you. How dare you? How dare you? Mr. Mollis. <laughs> we love you, Jerry. No, we don't. You're ruining my chances of meeting Mr. Wright. I actually you know love though that, that your dad has a Twitter because like <laughs> I, I think I saw one someone asked you a question or asked him a question like are you really Mollis's dad or like are you someone pretending to be her dad because I also was like yeah that's a great question actually someone also thought that he was my burner account <laughs> like, that's your burner and I was like that's my dad it's amazing <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I even said the other day that if my dad ever learned how to Twitter, like, I would be toast. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He would spill all my shit on the internet. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My goodness. Well, the thing that, like, I think he's ruined my chances of meeting Mr. Right because he keeps tweeting these horrendous photos of me. Oh, and, like, oh my gosh, yeah. There's no recovering, from, especially from that birthday one where I had JC from NSYNC on that cake. <laughs> Like, why would you do that? There's worse. I'm I'm hoping he doesn't get to them and tweet them. But yeah, I'm, my dad's way cooler than me. He's way funnier. Um, I would date me just to hang out with my dad, honestly. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know why people don't. Um, yeah, so that's my answer. Jerry Mollis. Uh, so another non-Browns one uh, from at Douglas M. Kent 99. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh, my no. God. Don't even no. get me started on this one. No. No. My husband no. loves pineapple on pizza. Blech. So pineapple is one of my favorite fruits, and even I won't eat it on a pizza. Like, it just, I I understand the idea of, like, the salty sweet, but, like, warm pineapple is gross. Yes. No, pineapple does not belong on pizza. Yeah, it's one of my husband's worst traits. <laughs> Sorry, being a Michigan fan? Well, yeah, the pineapple is really up there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do let's do the Twitter handle one because I feel like people Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows this. So um at God's Plague yeah. asked Mollus. Mollus, I'm calling you Mollus now. Um, <laughs> what is the origin of your Twitter handle? Mollus. <laughs> Mollus? Okay, so are you guys ready? Story time. You guys love my story time. Your story, yeah, your stories are, are like, <laughs> your stories are the best. I feel like we like need music. Part of these podcasts. I know. And a fireplace. 
Meredith, yes. <laughs> insert music when you edit this. I'll, uh, I'll get Michael Stanley to compose something for you. <laughs> All right, so the origin of my Twitter handle. So my nickname that my family has always called me since I was little is Bird. Um, and it's because when I was little, I used to perch on people's laps like a little bird. So that's where Bird comes from. And then when I was thinking of a Twitter handle, I was trying to be like cute. This was back in like 2012. And I was like, oh, bird's eye view. <laughs> so that's where it came from. And that's it. That's cute. It's a great I handle. Like I love I like, it. No, I like it. Bird's eye view. Thank you. Sure, Thank be, you. It sure beats a first name and a last name, which was mine. <laughs> um, my, Twitter, For- my Twitter handles like changed so many times. But I think I landed... When I was in Nashville, I landed at um, MK on sports and I was like, I'm just going to stick with that one for now. But so many people in the media have like something, something on sports. And so it feels unoriginal, but I'm, I, I'm really bad at naming things like haven't helped my child if I ever have one because they're going to have the worst name ever. <laughs> <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't even have my first or last name on Twitter. It was just bird like for probably about five years and then like i'll alternate names on there now where sometimes it'll be britney sometimes it'll just say mollus or miss mollus like i never put anything on there the way i should yeah twitter's kind of confusing honestly (laughs) like the whole handle versus your name versus everything else i mean i don't i don't even think i put my real picture as my avatar until like two or three years ago and even so it's like a it's such a bad picture but the reason I did was because I liked the way my makeup looked. Aww, <laughs> that's it. And it's not a bad picture. So I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I'm like making a stupid duck face. So that's why I forget. I think I was like taking a quick selfie. I forget what, what the conversation had to do with. But I was just like, I don't know. I was doing something stupid, made a dumb face. But my makeup looked really good. And so I decided to make it my Twitter handle. So, yeah. Or not handle the <laughs> avatar. Don't underestimate a good duck face. I mean, it. I don't know makes my cheeks cheekbones pop that's right (laughs) there you go all right ladies well i think this uh wraps us up on episode number nine it's been really fun i hope everybody that's listening has a wonderful holiday this week enjoy some time off maybe drink a little bit and enjoy hopefully a the last browns game of the year and and a victory at that if we don't win then i'm just expecting twitter to burn down (laughs) It's, we're going to be entering full-on calf season and gearing up for the Indians, so it's about to get even more spicy on here. Ooh. Yeah, so, we might need to. We might do some of the. We might need to do some of these Q and A's a little more because there's a lot of questions we didn't get to. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm 100%. sure the. I'm honestly, even though the Brown season is ending, let's be honest, it's going to be an off season of even more. I have yes. no doubt yes. about it. So don't forget to find us on your podcasting platform. Download us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure you rate and review us. Again, have a wonderful holiday, and we will talk to you all next week.